Morris sat opposite me on the sofa in a pair of well-worn grey sweatpants <laughs> and Vogue on the stereo. Our game had grown intense when he suddenly smiled and leaned forward. His fingers moved fast as he spelled on the I groaned. How did he get so good at was a pivotal time mm. in my thirst development. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I love that. I love that phrasing so much. You know, and people talk about how right now there's a movement popping in Hollywood, the diversity, you know, inclusive moment where we're trying to show that Hollywood is is more than just straight white men, mm. right? But we also had that moment in the 90s. We did. We did. It was, a, like you said, pivotal. There was a point at which you turn on the telly and you were more likely to see a black dude than a white one. Mm. The 90s really were kind of like a weird Narnia fever dream <laughs> where there was like a smorgasbord of snacks. Just mm-hmm. people out here who weren't straight white men who were just kind of like thriving, not just existing, but thriving. And that's, I think, is like the basis of this 90s episode because we turned on the telly at that time and we were like, oh, hello options. Right. I remember in high school just going to, you know, going to class and everyone's like, did you see Martin last night? Did you see A Different World? Did you see Living mm-hmm. Single? Did you see... All these different shows that were on TV, right, right. let alone the movies that we saw. Right. So we're going to talk about some of those stars from those movies. As we heard in your Redacted, mm. we're going to be talking about Morris Chestnut. Listen, Morris. Morris. <laughs> the man who, I just, when I look at him, I... I yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ah, Morris. He he had something special. And like you pointed out, you know, when we were talking about this earlier, he's still hot. He's still hot. What a feat. Won't he do it? Ah, oh, <sighs> Morris. Yeah. Like, and, you know, we've mentioned this before in previous episodes. It is incredibly corny to describe black people using food items. Mm-hmm. However, Morris Chestnut remains for me the chocolate emoji. I just want to <laughs> lick him. And I, I feel like he would taste actually like chocolate. Oh, my God. Mm. Bam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just whipped up goodness. As yeah. You, as, as, as we've all thought about Morris yeah. Chestnut, just like <laughs> something silky and good. You have a special, very special spot for the next guy. Who was mm, that? Lorenz Tate. Yes. Oh, my gosh. He's just a little fire plug of heat. I love him <laughs> so much. He just... He does something for me. He's from Chicago. He's Mm. got this accent and his Mm. voice just sounds just like, I don't know. I just want it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Listen, he's coming from the classic Love Jones, which again Mm. was a moment for so many of us in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into that a little bit. I have to move on to one of my favorites from the 90s, our token diversity hire of the episode, (laughs) Mr. Antonio Banderas. Yes. Who is, as we know, just uh, a ball of hotness. And, you know, I have this feeling whenever I look at Antonio, which is to say that I feel both hungry, but also satiated. Mm. And I think that that is a unique and special thing. So we're going to get into all of these guys Mm -hmm. because the 90s were popping and we deserve to pay homage. Morris Chestnut. I feel like we're about to begin story time. (laughs) Once upon a time, a man named Morris Chestnut existed. Yes, Morris. He surely did. I went to see Boys in the Hood with my mother. Mm. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, mother-daughter time. 
Okay. Sure. And there is a scene where Morris's character named Ricky. Mm, pretty Ricky. Yeah, he's a football player. He is in the locker room wearing just a towel. Mm, I and remember. He's having a little moment. He's thinking about some stuff. He's got a lot on his mind. That's what I do in a towel. And he leans back on a bench, like he lays down on the bench. Like he was sitting on it, then he lays down on it. Mm. Everybody, all the women, mm. turn their head to kind of look up his towel, <laughs> which you could not do, right? Because it's a movie and it's not <laughs> real right? life. And my mother <laughs> sitting next to me, I remember this very clearly. She was on my right side. <laughs> my mother oh my did her very little motherly. Mm. Which is where I get it from. Oh, my God. This is such a wonderful thing. <laughs> and I was just, I just kept my face forward because I was like, I cannot believe my mother just grunted at this boy. But <laughs> <laughs> can I ask how old you were at this time? I was young. When did Boys in the Hood come out? That was 92. Mm. So, so baby Nicole. I was like 14, 15, something like. you were like, being introduced to a fundamental yes, first moment. Yes, It was written in the stars, Nicole. Yes, and yeah. my mother to this day loves her some Morris Chestnut. Of course she fucking so, does. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I am following in my mother's footsteps. Like mother, like daughter. I'm sure she's incredibly <laughs> proud of you, and I am proud of you both. Oh, Listen, man. Morris for me, I didn't even watch any of those movies. Like mm-hmm. I didn't watch them at the cinema or mm-hmm. anything. So he, I, I learned about Boys in the Hood, you know, on VHS, mm-hmm. R.I.P. VHS. <laughs> uh, same with the Inkwell and all the other kind of little things yeah. he did. But even then, I remember thinking to myself, "What an angular man! Like he's so yeah. he's so V-shaped and mm-hmm. so square and just so solid. He looks like actually quite an old-fashioned version of hot. You know, mm-hmm. he has like you know broad shoulders, skinny waist, mm-hmm. square face, solid lantern jaw." Mm-hmm. But then there's something about him. He looks boyish. It's he looks his smile. His smile. His smile is amazing. <sighs> he has these teeth. And it's it's an amazing smile because it is both warm and lovely and kind of like shark-like. Yes. Like he's going to like consume you. Yeah, and it's not... Um, a perfectly straight smile. Like no. he has like one tooth that's a little tiny snaggle. Yeah, a little snaggle. Mm. And he's left it there. Yes, he has. Because he knows what <sighs> it does. You know, in romance novels where uh-huh. they're like the one tooth that show you know, yeah. his imperfect smile. Yes. This is fucking Morris Chestnut. He's a romance novel hero. Oh my Morris God. Chestnut is so beautiful that I remember once looking at him and I swear, unbidden, a small tear came to my eye. <laughs> And I was just kind of like, how is he even real? How is Morris Chestnut real? Uh, Especially in the 90s, at the height of his powers. Yes. When he looked like an actual walking snack. I have another memory. Please. From the theater. Lay it on me. The Best Man. Mm. (laughs) Where he played Lance, Lance yet another football player. And Lance is a terror of a man. I find him horrific. He's so objectionable. But Morris Chestnut, though. Oh, my God. When... Morris Chestnut comes on the screen. Like, he's entering a club where Terrence Howard's character is playing, right? Playing guitar on the stage. Yes. Classic light skin behavior. (laughs) Morris comes in, and he just kind of stands, and the camera zooms in Uh on him, Uh and then he smiles. Uh Uh Every woman in the audience crossed their legs. (laughs) Now, at this point, we were a little older. I was no longer, like, the 14, 15-year-old. You were scandalized by your mother's grunt? Well, it wasn't my mother. I was with my best friend, Kalinda. Uh Hey, Kalinda. Every woman had a very strong reaction when he smiled. Like, when he came on screen, it was just like, oh, yeah, there he is. And then he smiled. Mm. And the thing about The Best Man is that it was directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Mm. He knew to give the audience just enough time to react. 
Yes. Which I think speaks to when you have a black director directing mm-hmm. a black cast and you know your black audience. Yes. You, you know your black female audience. Yes. You know that there is going to be a reaction and you need to put that in. And so he did that. He gave us the time to... <laughs> Laugh. You sound like such a perv. You gave us the time <laughs> to observe Morris Chestnut. Because that's what you need. You that need is it, what you it need, is bro. looking in the sun. You have to adjust <laughs> so that you can get your eyes, you know, you don't burn your eyes. <laughs> looking at this beautiful man. I love him so much. I love him too. I Listen, we interviewed him a couple of years back. We were doing a piece on To Can Play That Game, mm-hmm. which is a movie that he made in 1999. Mm-hmm. And speaking to him on the phone for this piece we were doing like a retrospective and just kind of going it's been x years since two can play that game we spoke to the cast and morris chestnut on the phone in your ear oh my I, can God. Just, I can't even imagine bruv i'm a professional okay <laughs> i'm a journalist i went to journalism school i have skills and talents mm. and when morris chestnut began speaking i covered my face and began to giggle and had to clear my throat so I could be like, yes, of course, uh, Mr. Chestnut, quick question. Mm-hmm. When it came to this film, how did you get the script? Because I was just unable. I just could, like, I literally snorted through my lust. And mm-hmm. I just thought, wow. Shout out to my incredible lecturers who imbued in me the spirit of journalism because <laughs> that's all that saved the day that day. He is so, he's so hot to look at. And, yes. and then on top of it also, he's just like a very charming performer. Like my mm. eye follows him. I want to yes. see. Like I'm like, what is he doing? Where is he, where's that smile going? What's yes. he going to do next? Yes. I want to go back to the best man mm. very quickly. Because, Let's talk about it. Yeah. There is a moment where Lance is mm. going to beat up Harper. Yes. I, I know the scene you're about to talk about and I'm here for it. Go on. Tell me more. <laughs> and Lance, aka Morris Chestnut, yes, walks in the room and he like kind of kicks out his leg yes, because he he's like stretching a little bit. He's get, and you know he's like getting ready. For fight and mode. Yes, yes, it is one. I look physical <laughs> violence. Oh, no, it's it. never necessary. I abhor it. I think it is a terrible, terrible scourge on the planet. And yet, and yet, the way that he prepared his body for that fight. Mm-hmm. To fight his best friend. Yeah. You know, they're all drunk at their bachelor party right, and all right, this right. kind of stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, just all legs. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. all just thick, solid. muscular That's legs. That's it. That's it. Again, like I said, Lance in The Best Man is actually kind of a bad like mm-hmm. a bad character. He has these old ideas about, fe- you know, femininity yeah. and womanhood. And he yeah. says some things that you're kind of like, oh, my God, you're yeah. a horror. And it gets worse in the sequel. It truly does. The Best Man Holiday. Oh, my gosh. Lance's like- character is finally getting married. And he's having these flashbacks of thinking about his wife mm. possibly cheating on him. Right. Um, whatever. And we see Morris Chestnut, like, he's, he's shook. Like, mm. he's, like... Acting, and we didn't, yeah. we don't often get him like acting powerfully in some of these movies, yeah. you know, because quite frankly, he's just there to be pretty and to be, <laughs> you no know, with that look. looked at. But he's um, in this scene, he's um, crying a little bit, he's getting yeah. choked up, and he I was is. just like, I, I felt that. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, a part of me was kind of like, good, you should feel that because yeah. you've been a terror to this woman. Yes. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, yeah, kudos, Mr. Chestnut. That's that's called acting. Good job, sir. Good job. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like that's his big kind of 90s. I, you know, we've spoken about this. That was his heyday. He did The Brothers. Mm. He did uh, The Best Man. Mm-hmm. He did Two Can Play That Game. He played mm-hmm. Keith. And I just want to play a clip of where they introduced us to the character of Keith in Two Can Play That Game because it's actually kind of 
It's very cheesy, mm-hmm. but also perfect. And it's so of its time. So this is Morris doing that amazing stride of his, walking across the club floor to talk to Shante, played by Vivica A. Fox. Now, if I'm right about you, all answers to these questions will be yes. You think so? I think so. Okay, well, let's see. Do you like chocolate? Yes. yes. Do you think that I find you attractive? Yeah. If I were to kiss you right now, would you slap me? Yes. Don't you find me attractive? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you can't see this. We're going to put a clip up on our Tumblr. But when he says that, he smiles. And I'm like, I like a dumbass. I'm smiling back like, yeah, I find you attractive. (laughs) Which is how you know I am not okay. But that scene is so... Oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. I had literally have goosebumps. Like yeah. oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he plays some characters where, you know, he's a little bit of a player or he's done some dirt and then it gets turned around on him a few times mm-hmm. in his early in the nineties career. And I love that. His career did not end in the nineties. Like he recently Yeah, he's done some television recently. Mm-hmm. He recently starred in Rosewood. On Fox. On Fox. On a major network. Yeah. He had at least two seasons of that before yep. it was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um he also had a quick run in um American Horror Story, Murder House. Oh, I did not watch that. Yeah, he was a security guy, and you just have to watch it. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it, because right. it's a he's a little sexy, but also mm. you're concerned for him. I mean, he can't help being sexy. He cannot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Bless Morris Chestnut. Uh, and like you said, his career has continued. He did like a, <clears throat> how do you say, middling uh, mm. thriller with Sanaa Lathan and Michael Ailey called The Perfect Guy. Yes. I saw like 10 minutes of that, and I was like, nah, it's not for me. Now, I went to the theater to see <laughs> see this. Okay. Oh my god, you paid money? Yes. I'm proud of you. Um, because I do think it's important to see black people in thrillers. Mm, um, and no, I agree. Uh, yeah, you know, and obviously this was before Get Out and things like that, yep. but I would recommend it as a wine and popcorn movie at home when you're just like, let me just put it on. And I'm glad to see that his career has continued well beyond the 90s and that he's still getting work and he's just, again, just a beautiful, talented black man. As I stand here beside you this day, Know that there is nothing greater than love. We're going to move on to a brand new 90s man. This is your favorite, Nicole. Absolutely. This is a young, well, not so young, man by the name (laughs) of Lorenz Tate. I love him so much. Every time you talk about him, your face kind of like crinkles up. You get real kind of like spaced out looking. (laughs) And I really enjoy seeing you that way. You get all soft. You love him. I really do. Um, (laughs) He's from Chicago and he Mm. has this kind of accent and voice that just sounds like Chicago. I don't even know because I... If someone were to say, oh, I'm from Chicago, I would not be able to recognize that they were from Chicago from uh-huh. their accent. But with Lorenz Tate, I'm like, yes, you sound like Chicago to me. Oh, it's really? weird. I don't know. I don't know. You sound like a lady in love, a.k.a. <laughs> illogical. <laughs> but he's so, and he's, you know, he's kind of short. Yeah. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. I'm proud but of you. But he's Gross. got all this uh, energy to him. and uh-huh. he's, But also he's very smooth and suave, you know. And then he also plays he's kind of angry man right oh. yeah like he's uh he's got some hidden rage yeah you know i think that's some you know napoleonic kind of stuff right <laughs> you know short dude is always ragey um 
But whatever it is, I like it. <laughs> and oh my God. he was in an Ashanti video, Rain on Me, where he was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's called Rain on Me. Yeah. I love Ashanti, but man, that's a, that's a name for a song, isn't it? Go on. Um, And he was not a good person. He was actually abusive. The character he played was her boyfriend, and he was like upset that she was famous and was, you know, whatever, growing, and he was not. Mm, it's a classic tale. Classic yeah. tale. Yeah. And he was awful. And there's like this one moment where he's looking in the mirror and the light like dim so his eyes go black and it looks like he's a demon I'm like okay Ashanti <laughs> <laughs> well some men are demons uh, this is true this is true <laughs> but Lorenz has this beautiful smile he's mm. so boyish yes, you know and yes. it's not because he's small in stature no. but he just has this kind of like he's youthful he's youthful he has like this real sweet energy to him yes and I think that that is something that I respond to like his, when he smiles yeah I smile back at him. Yeah. And it's interesting because one of the first times I saw him mm. was in Menace to Society where yes. he played O-Dog. What a name. <laughs> you know, it takes place in South Central Los Angeles. Uh-huh. O-Dog was a violent person. He was sure. someone hardened by his community, I mean, as they would it say. Happens. The movie opens with O-Dog and Kane going into a corner store mm-hmm. and they get into a fight with uh, Korean store owners mm-hmm. and, you know, all hell breaks loose. They and somebody ends up dead and you know whatever O-Dog takes the tape of the situation and just plays it for people in the hood just like like it's a movie like it's a movie he's very proud of what happened and what went he was miserable oh, uh, you know but O-Dog had this hairstyle mm. that was just a red sea part down the middle mm-hmm. and then he had these extensions these braids that came down very like blunt cut right to his eye mm. I loved O-Dog so much. (laughs) That you did what? Not me. Uh Uh-huh. I loved O-Dog so much that my boyfriend, my high school boyfriend at the time, got his hair done oh like O-Dog. God. Women are terrible. <laughs> I didn't even tell him to, but yeah. I guess I was just going on and on about O-Dog so much. He just picked up some clues. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll have to look somewhere. Mm. There are some prom pictures of me and oh my, my boyfriend God. and him in this hair. Oh, my accent is coming out because I'm yeah. like all the way back to just being 16 again. But... um and it looked terrible because his hair wasn't long enough. He had Sorry, to get extensions. I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> it looked so bad. Right? But this is like, you know, this was my first boyfriend. Mm, my it's very important. Yeah, first yeah. everything. Oh, wink, wink, him. nudge, nudge. Oh. And, you know, it was then that I realized my power that I could just make men do things <laughs> um, <laughs> without even having to tell them. But that's a right. story for another day. And this power that you use for O-Dog hair. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. What a waste of your power. Um, but I loved, I love Lorenz Tate. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, you fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm in college. And again, you know, I'm a little older. So I was in high school and college in the 90s, like peak black 90s time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love Jones came out. Okay. All right. All right. Now. Listen, I want to say a one line disclaimer. Okay. okay. Yes. Our lovely listeners. <laughs> I do not like Love Jones. Now, you may want to send some attacks via tweet. I urge you not to. But if you must, say it with your chest. I stand by what I stand by. I don't like Love Jones. All right, continue. Okay. Love Jones. I love this movie so much. It was also one of the first movies that I I went to where 
I felt like the relationship was real with all of his stupidity because they did some stupid stuff. Yes, they fucking did. And that's the <laughs> core of my hatred for fucking Love Jones. But please, carry on. Nina, as played by the fantastic Nia Long. Oh, I love you, Nia. Darius, as played by the wonderful Lorenz Tate. Love you, Lorenz. They just had some back and forth kind of stuff, making stupid decisions. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> Is it? Because they had a somewhat of a happy ending. Sure. Somewhat. <laughs> and there's this line that Lorenz gives mm-hmm. when they reconnect at the end. Okay, this I can get behind. Go on. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Nina has come back into town. She's gone away after their relationship soured for one last time, Jesus. or so she thought. And she comes back and she reads a poem, hoping that Darius is going to be there and see her. She leaves the spoken word event. And there's Darius waiting for her in the rain. Because every time they got together, it was raining, right? Because this is a romance movie. So I'm going to play you a little clip Mm -hmm. of them reconnecting. All right. You always want what you want when you want it. Why is everything so urgent with you? Let me tell you something. This here, right now, at this very moment, is all that matters to me. I love you. That's urgent like a motherfucker. Oh, my God. Okay. so That is a line and a half, though, yes. isn't it? It's a terrible movie, but that's a uh, line and a half. It's a good movie. For sure. But it's I love that line mm. because it's this mix of the profane and the sincere. And, you know, he does. he's trying to make it poetic. Mm. And I think it's a really good marriage of, you know, just honesty, um, this colloquialism, mm-hmm. um, just also this man is a poet, right? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be a poet and he knows that he can make something flowery or whatever, but he was just like, no, this shit is real mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it. it, it uh, I just love it. And his hairline mm-hmm. in the movie was terrible. It was so rough. I already said there were many things. Listen, you know, <laughs> people love Love Jones and yes. I'm happy for them and proud of them. I also have movies that I people find objectionable or bad. And listen, we're all God's children. But every time I watch Love Jones, I feel a visceral irritation with everybody, Darius, Nina, all of them. I just want to knock their heads together and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, 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 having said that, Uh that is almost completely washed away by that line as delivered by Lorenz because his face just looks like, I'm out here. I'm giving it my everything. Yes. I know I've been like a shithead. But listen, I'm here now. I'm in the rain, sis. Yes. I'm here. Yes. And I find that to be wildly attractive. So shout out to you, Lorenz, uh, uh, a.k.a. Darius. There's this one moment where um, Darius is trying to write and Nina is taking pictures because she's a photographer. She's she taking is. pictures and she's annoying him and all this kind of stuff. And he says, you're messing up my flow. And he just gets this bass in his voice. Uh, and I, Okay, you know, you say you like a stern man. I do. I'm so I, irritated with Love Jones that I can't even enjoy a stern man because oh he's in Love my Jones. God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the love scene to Maxwell playing in the background. Mm-hmm. We're going to put this on a Tumblr because it is so, if, if we can find it, mm. it's so good. And it was one of the very few images of black love, black sex on screen with younger people that I could kind of relate to. Mm. Um and that just was so incredible for me. I made my college boyfriend go see it with me twice. Oh and then, like, we were at the movie theater a third time. And I was like, let's just go and see where Love Jones is right now. And so we went into it and we watched, like, the last half of Love Jones for the third time. So I saw it 2.5 times in the theater. I love this movie. I love it to this day. Okay, I'm finished with Love Jones. 
Okay, so we're going to move on to something that we both aren't very happy about. And that was uh, that movie that somehow won Best Film Ugh. at the Oscars. We're talking about Crash. Yes. I was talking about Lorenz's very small role mm-hmm. in Crash. Yeah, as Peter. As Peter. And he and Ludacris, uh, another character. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, I can't remember the name of the character. No. But, but Ludacris and Lorenz Tate play these two guys who are essentially robbers. Yeah. And the introduction of it is just so white, liberal, smug. And it's annoying. Having said that, (laughs) Lorenz looks specifically the most attractive I have ever found him. Oh, man. And I'm like, I'm not attracted to hoodlums, (laughs) to use the language (laughs) of my forebears. But when I saw him, I was like, you know what? Sure. Sometimes you just got a rubber car in it. I get it. I get it, Lorenz. But He's very handsome. That's what I'm like, when he plays these characters that have a little bit of an edge yeah, to them, yeah. it's just like... He's mesmerizing, yes, and he I just want to watch and see what he does. Yeah, I, mm, yeah, and that's yeah. why you know when he popped up, like you know more recent stuff, yeah. like he was in the Mindy Project. Yeah, and that was like, oh, Lorenz, mm-hmm. there you are, mm-hmm. and that was lovely. And he was playing like a councilman or something, some kind of local politician. Yeah, and he was wearing this natty suit, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, yes, he had like a really nice coat on, and I was mm-hmm. like, good for you. You look mm-hmm. amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing. Like you said, he's kept his career going. He mm-hmm. was recently in Girls Trip. Yes, he was, and he was again adorable and cute, adorable and. and yeah. Smooth and suave. He was a musician. Yes. Lorenz is killing it still. And he was a gentleman because there was at one point where he could have taken advantage of somebody drunk. And I think that's the thing at the core of him. Like, yes, he plays angry, yip yip dudes really, really well. But what he also does is a very kind of old school, old fashioned, gentlemanly. And you feel it. I mean, the thing is, and this is common to all of our first objects on Mm -hmm. First Aid Kit, Mm -hmm. that there is something specifically compelling Mm. about our first objects. Like, you want to keep watching them. Yeah. And Lorenz has that in spades. Like, he He's this absolute, just a force. Like mm-hmm. he's a, he has this real gentlemanly energy that mm-hmm. you just want to kind of, you know, you just want to see what he's going to do. And I, I love, I love the idea of someone being so compelling that you have no choice but to just kind of keep your eye on them. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about Lorenz is, you can plop him into a current um, mm. setting. Mm. You can put him in Har- the Harlem Renaissance. Yep. You can put him, put him uh, in a western. Right. Put him in a western. You can make him freaking uh, a 60s doo-wop singer, yes. you know, yeah. and he he finds his role he and does. he looks perfectly wherever, he looks perfect wherever he is. And that's the thing, like, and that's regardless of the aesthetic of the movie. Yes. Like, he looks comfortable in his own body and in his yes. own space. Yes. That is incredibly hot. And then it just so happens that he's also mad talented, which is also wildly hot. So, <laughs> Lorenz Tate, we bless you, wherever you may be right now. Mm-hmm. If you feel the wind ruffle, just, you know, just the hair at the back of your neck, that's me and Nicole talking about you. <laughs> we appreciate you, Lorenz. And right now, I'm the blues in your left thigh. Trying to become the funk in your right. We're going to move on to another amazing, amazing 90s guy. Mm. And this is our um, our, our lighter-hued uh, <laughs> companion to Morris and Lorenz. And for me, it's a very specific part of my 90s. Mm-hmm. Mr. Antonio Banderas. Yes, we love black and brown solidarity. Listen, (laughs) he is Spanish. That'll do for now. Yes. (laughs) I just, I have such strong feelings for Antonio Banderas. And listen, we can talk about all the earlier stuff he did in the 90s. You know, like he did Evita. Remember that? Right, yeah. 
and he sings in it because Antonio Banderas is a triple motherfucking threat. <laughs> he can do all of it. He can sing, he can dance, he can act. He is wildly, wildly sexy. Like, I can't even get over how attractive he is. Like, mm-hmm. every time I remember in the 90s looking at him and just giggling. Like, <laughs> how is he fucking real? And he used to have like long hair, which I yes. know Nicole's into. Yes. Yes. I wasn't even into it, but then Antonio had, it, and I was like, you know what? I could be convinced. <laughs> so, yeah, I love Antonio Banderas, but here he is singing a little ditty in Evita. And I want you to listen to the strength of his voice because, bitch, it is mesmerizing. I'm flying adored, so young. Instant queen, a rich, beautiful thing Of all the talent, a cross between A fantasy of the bedroom So listen, the lyrics aren't great (laughs) It was Evita starring Madonna So there were some things But his voice is so, he has like a really wonderful There's a a silky texture to his voice And he he enunciates I think because he knows he's singing in a foreign language Mm. So he really makes the time to kind of enunciate his English words Which I find incredibly charming Because I'm like, I understand, you just want to be understood, Antonio (laughs) I get it, I get it I really, truly, truly love his voice But then, there's a movie for me Which kind of gets the complete and utter attraction of what makes Antonio Banderas so just vital. Okay, and what movie is it's, that? It's 19, it came from 1995, so peak, like literally mid-90s. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. It's Desperado. Uh-huh. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yes. Starring Salma Hayek. Yes. Who, I don't even know who I fancy more in this movie, Salma or Antonio. That was a good movie. Like, Bruh, the whole series. The that, whole. Yeah. I mean... I remember wanting to climb yeah. into the screen and join them and be like, take me, take me on your sexy adventures. <laughs> like, they just look... Ugh. So his speaking voice, mm-hmm. for me, is the thing. Like, he has, obviously, a Spanish accent. Um, listen, I don't want to necessarily go to Spain because I've been a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Hella fucking racist. Long. <laughs> that was my experience. Yes. But Antonio Banderas, I think, makes me believe that there is just a Spaniard out there waiting for me. You never know. I never know. I never know. So let me play this clip from Desperado where he's kind of walked into the bar and he's, you know, at this point he's become like a bit of a legend. You know, mm-hmm. The guy who comes in with the guitar case. Right. He's coming to shoot up all the like the little drug towns, the mm-hmm. drug cartels. So he walks in and the bartender kind of sees him walk in. But at this point, by the way, he's dressed in like black. He's wearing a white shirt, but everything else is black. Yes. His hair is tied back. Yeah. This motherfucker looks like a steak. And, he's and he got, walks in. Does he have spurs on? There's something jingling. He, he, has, yeah. he fucking has spurs on. Yeah. Listen, I never <laughs> like cowboys, but I'm like, now nah, where is your horse? Anyway, <sighs> here is Antonio walking into the bar and being greeted. And his voice, I just, just listen to his fucking yeah, voice. I'm ready. I'm just looking for work. There's no work here. What? There's something to drink? So something in the guitar case? Yeah. What? My guitar? Never have I wanted to be more a guitar in a guitar case. Man, but the slow reveal that the guitar is not just a guitar? Yes. Oh, it fucks perfect. Me up. It fucks me up. Like... And when he's doing this, by the way, he's kind of biting on his jaw a little bit because he's frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man, that movie was so good. I never, I didn't know what I was doing, but I remember arching my back when, <laughs> he, when, he, when he bit his, like when he kind of ground his jaw. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is that? 
Oh, man. Listen. Okay, so romance novels always have the hero clenching his his jaw so that you can see the muscle flex, right? And I had never seen that in real life. Yeah. Then there was this movie. Mm-hmm. And you could see it happening. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's, that's, what, that's it is. what it is. And that's <laughs> why it's always in a romance novel, because that shit is potent as fuck. It is. <laughs> He's so... So lovely to look at. And he does these really small movements. Like his eyes are really kind of very, very like powerful. Yeah. You know, he's a very good eye actor. Yeah. Um, and then you add in the jaw, you add in this, he has great cheekbones. Mm-hmm. He has like this slightly big nose, which I'm a huge fan yes. of. He has like really great lips as mm-hmm. well. Like everything just kind of works together in concert. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I, I just want to, and I don't think there's a, I don't think there is a setting that is more completely perfect mm-hmm. for Antonio Banderas than The Mask of Zorro. All right, yeah. Are you a fan of this movie? It's okay. I mean, fine. It's okay. We can't all have correct opinions. Oh, my God. what I will say is that (laughs) that movie for me is, I think, peak Antonio. It's also kind of peak Catherine Zeta-Jones in a way. Mm -hmm. It's peak Anthony Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Everything is just working just at the height of their powers. They're just doing some good stuff. And so he's playing, he's basically this guy who pretends to be like this rich guy from the royal court in Spain. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to infiltrate to find out what the plans are for this evil man mm-hmm. who essentially locked Zorro away, the original Zorro who's played by Anthony Hopkins. Anyway, he's now at this guy's uh, party mm-hmm. and his daughter, who's played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, she's dancing with another evil man and this evil man killed his brother. It's two things. He's trying to like get closer to Elena, uh-huh. played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, mm-hmm. but also he's trying to kind of create a distraction so he can get where he needs to go. Right. So he walks up and Captain Love and Elena are dancing. This evil man is called Captain Love, which, you know, classic white supremacy. Um, (laughs) And they're dancing and he kind of steps up to them. And, you know, Elena also fancies Antonio's character, Uh but she's also trying to, she's trying to tamp it down, which, you know, same, sis, same. All right, so here we go. Well, why don't you try looking someplace else? The lady and I were trying to dance. You were trying. She was succeeding. <laughs> she was succeeding is it I want to succeed too man teach me and then they have this incredibly spirited incredibly sensual incredibly sexual dance and, and he it's, was so funny he was so he's a fantastic comedian yeah and I think you know you think about the stuff he did far later the stuff like you know Spy Kids and mm-hmm. all that stuff. and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah he's like playing family and whatever mm-hmm. but he is a remarkably funny actor who does drama mm-hmm. and he, remember he did like Amorva back in the day yeah. he did Tie yeah. Me Up Tie Me Down I don't, I don't know what it's called in Spanish but in the English title was Tie Me Up Tie Me Down mm-hmm. and he's fantastic in that he did drama when he played in Philadelphia mm-hmm. which you may have forgotten about that was from 93 Yeah. so he had like this peak peak period where mm-hmm. he was like working solidly like a movie a year for the bulk of the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was just doing his work, like head down doing his work. And then, you know, he goes back to Spain. He has his horses. I believe he makes wine. I think he also does perfume. Oh. this Listen, you'd be rich uh, if you were with Antonio. Look, you know, looked after. I remember him and Frida. Mm. It was such a sensual moment. I, mm, mm, mm. I don't even remember the full scene, but I just remember feeling um, hot. <laughs> From it, you know, it's a just, sweaty. yeah, just yeah. being like, what am I looking at? Because it was just, he was incredible in that. Uh. Yeah, he's, but he, I think the thing is, he's just an incredibly, again, an incredibly watchable, watchable man. Mm-hmm. Oddly, like 
surprisingly a looming presence in my 90s pop culture mm-hmm. diet. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until we were talking about doing this show and I was like, wait, Anthony Banderas has been there. Yeah. He's like a solid ass presence. Yeah. Just looming. Yeah. And Antonio Banderas, you did it. You did that. Just beautiful. Ugh. I understand. Sometimes I have that effect. All right, Bim. We've done a little 90s Bay mm. 101 yes. situation here. Yeah. This is the <laughs> class is now currently over. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's do a little extra credit. Oh, ah, I see what you did there and ah. I like it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so what's extra credit this week? Today we're doing Thirst Sommelier. Yay! Yay! I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Uh, we're going to listen to a voicemail uh-huh. that someone left us and hopefully we'll be able to help them. All right, let's do it. Hi, this is Annabelle, and I just wanted to say that I'm a huge fan of the podcast, but I have a request for your thirst sommelier. Um, I like a big man. I like a tall man. I like a broad man. I like a man with some weight to him. Like everybody else, I was thrilled to see Winston Duke pop up in Black Panther, but I wouldn't mind a more seasoned man. So maybe you all can help me out with a request, uh, see if you could find a thick man with maybe a little more age to him. <laughs> Dare I say, as thick as daddy. Hope you could help and keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Wow, Annabelle. We love a thick zaddy. <laughs> That's not me poo-pooing your decision. It's thick zaddy. It's yes. a terrible, terrible phrase. Bim still has issues with zaddy, but that's okay. I fear I always will. Yes, it's okay. fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's a broad church. Yeah. All right, Annabelle. So let's think about this. You want someone who is, well, you said I like a big man, I like a thick man, but with some age. Mm, mm-hmm, Nicole, mm-hmm. rack your brains. What are you coming up with? I am thinking of a gentleman by the name of Iman Walker. Yes. He currently plays Battalion Chief Wallace Bowden on Chicago Fire, which Mm. is on NBC. It's about the Chicago Fire Department. Shocking. (laughs) I did not see that coming. And he is... you know, he's got to take care of all these ragamuffin <laughs> firefighters, whatever, and all their drama and all this yeah. kind of stuff. That's very zaddy yeah, yeah, you know, but he's stern but loving, yes. you know, all of that. But yeah. he's he's about 55. Yeah, yeah. He's British, can I just say? Just yeah. a little something there yes. for you. Shout out to you, Eamon. You're looking good and you look <laughs> you look British and fine. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, And he has a really good voice. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yes, man. Yes. And he has quite an angular face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very kind of old-fashioned man's face Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's yeah i think he's like wow nicole that was spot on yeah Yeah. he's pretty tall Mm -hmm. he's broad Mm -hmm. he looks like he would definitely keep you safe in the fire (laughs) you know he has some weight to him as you requested you know he has heft he was also in the tv series oz uh on hbo from several years ago Mm. like oh my gosh almost 20 years ago i think (sighs) So he's been in the business for a long time. Um, definitely check him out. That is E A M O N N Walker. Yes, I think I think he could satisfy your needs. Mm-hmm. 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 I believe that, Annabelle. I hope that's helped you out. And if you yourself, uh, dear listener, are looking to get some of that thirst sommelier help, listen. Give us a call. Leave a very brief message. Call us on seven six five eight eight four four seven seven eight. That's seven six five eight first and if you're abroad and you can't call that number just send us a very very brief voice memo send it to our email which is thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com 
Nicole. Hi, Bam. We got some stories to tell, haven't we? Yes, we do. Oh, all right. Listen. So this week's travel, I was trying to kind of make it supremely 90s. Okay. And I, I think I may have overshot a little bit. Okay. But I wanted to make the listener feel like they were inside the 90s. Right. I appreciate that. Right. Because in the 90s, I was a teenager. Uh-huh. And, you know, I had some, I had some experience uh-huh. of just kind of like living in that world. Okay. And I wanted to kind of make it so that it felt authentic. So I've gone over the top with the 90s references. Oh, okay. Okay. But I also feel like, what are you going to do? So who are you talking about today? Mate, there's only one person I could talk about from the 90s. Oh, who is that? Morris Chestnut. Aw, okay, I go know. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Morris, Morris, Morris. Hey, I have such strong feelings for Morris Chestnut. Oh, my well, God. let's hear those feelings. All right. Let's go. <clears throat> I've told him it's a bit cheesy. But when Morris picks me up, he insists on opening the car door for me. Aw, His hand finds my hip as he leans over to open the door and I catch a whiff of his cologne. It's vetiver and it suits him, subtle but strong. And the truth is, I don't hate the door opening that much. It's more than a little bit charming, just like Morris. (laughs) Tonight, he tells me, is a surprise. My instructions were, in his words, to dress like you always dress. Amazing. And so I am wearing a calf-length wrap dress and wedges. When he slides into the car, he presents his surprise. Two tickets to see Erica Badu after dinner. My delight fuels his, and his broad smile makes me reach across the console and kiss him. It goes on longer than we were both expecting. And when we pull apart, we're both breathless, but still smiling. With my hand still on the nape of his neck, I press my forehead to his and ask, Should we skip dinner and go straight to the concert? He nods against me. Stay right there, he says. I'm going to get your door. (laughs) I hate you so much. You love me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So that's my Morris travel. But listen, I want to know who you've written about and (laughs) what you've written about them. I'm all in. Oh, Who's my it? goodness. What's it gonna be? <laughs> nice invo callback. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank you. I am talking about Lorenz Tate today. Wow, what a shocker. I did not expect that. I know, that. so unexpected. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna get into it. Listen, I know you I know you want to, so go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenz and I were supposed to go out, but PMS knocked me right into the dumps. I told him to go on without me, but he came home and grilled some steaks and baked potatoes instead because he knows when I get like this, I need a nice medium steak and some carbs. He was outside on the patio while I snuggled down on the sofa in the sunroom, Mm. reading and listening to music, trying to rebalance my mood. He joined me on the couch and picked up my feet to rub them, but that annoyed me. (laughs) I didn't want my feet touched, so I pulled them away. He said, oh, it's like that, huh? and positioned himself over me, twisting his head in front of my face, teasing me and working my nerves until a reluctant smile broke through. Boy, quit playing, I say, trying to move away from him so I could read my book. Oh, baby's in a bad mood, he said, and dropped his head into my neck, licking at the fine sheen of sweat. Get the fuck out. He gave a small grunt of pleasure before he raised his head to look at me. (laughs) You okay, he asked. The playfulness gone, genuine concern folding his brow. Silently, I pulled his head back down to my neck with one hand, the other dropping my book to the floor. 
<laughs> you don't like to read, Nicole? <laughs> you don't like to read books? Sometimes, you know, you need something stronger than a book to is help it? PMS. Is that what that's, you need? That's what, that's All what right. happens. Good to know. Good to know. So, uh, steak and chill, yeah? All mm-hmm. right. Cool, cool, cool. Good story. Good story. A nice little pink steak. Do you know what? That sounds <laughs> horrifically euphemistic, and I'm so upset with you right now. I didn't say anything. I know you didn't. You just said it with your eyes. All right, listen. <laughs> Listeners, you can vote. Uh, We like to kind of give you a day to bed into the episode before we put the poll up, but it will be on our Twitter, which is at First Aid Kit. And you can pick. You can, you know, get some Lorenzen steak or some Morris and Erica. It's up to you, fam. Don't forget to send us your own drabbles, your own fanfic. Mm -hmm. We're always very receptive of it. We like seeing people be creative about their faves and we welcome all of your drabbles. You can send those to firstaidkit at buzzfeed.com and we'll be back next week with even more fanfic, more drabbles, more terrible, (laughs) terrible euphemisms for you to kind of uh, kind of let your eyes glaze over to. Thursday Kit is produced by us, Bim Adewumi and Nicole Perkins, Julia Furlan, and TK Dutess. Our music is by Tanya Morgan, and you can follow us on Twitter at First Aid Kit. We're also on Tumblr at firstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com, and sometimes we even answer questions over there. We're also on Twitter at TN Whiskey Woman, that's TN Whiskey with an E, Woman, and Bim Adew, B I M A D E W. Also, dear listeners, my name, Nicole, is spelled N I C H. O-L-E. Remember, remember. Add the H. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't forget, if you're looking to refresh your thirst palate, you can call us and let us help you. Give us a call at 765-884-4778. That's 765-8-THIRST. We love you for listening. And so that's why we get to ask you to please do us a favor. And that is to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It'll help other people discover us and learn to love us like you have. Also, we love it when you tell us what you think. We like to hear that. Feel free to live tweet your listen and use the hashtag TACPod. And you can also contact us via email at firstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, stay thirsty, friends. Well, every time I see Morris Chestnut, I want to just lick his face. Yeah. He just looks like he tastes good. He's just smooth, smooth. and even. Even. And just <laughs> I feel like I'm a church. <laughs> Buttery. Buttery. That's yeah. exactly it. So mm. like something good has been churned. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, why is it so silky looking? Just whip it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs>